1: and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios,
2: Neil McCready. Welcome into McCready and present, powered by Rain total body fuel. I'm Neil McRady. <laughs> <is>, Forty-five minutes. <laughs> that is uh, Tyler Siski start, start your watches now. Luckily, we have a drop dead moment at the end of the show where I have to leave to go pick up uh, my son, take him from one station to another. So, in the event that Tyler's got, yeah, is that nicotine nicotine on demand? Yeah, it's back there. Okay, and and he's got his got his got his rain. So we'll talk about a bunch of stuff. Coaches, top 25 is out yep. today. I will talk about that, um, which which is really code for the media relations director. Top 25 is out today. I did
3: it one year. I told that story. Hadn't oh, did you? Yeah. I oh, did. It as you, a were GA. Hughes, you were Hughes No, voter. I was Steve Roberts back in the day. Oh, at Arkansas I had State. To, no, my only contingency was that I had to vote Duke. He was a big Duke basketball fan. I had to vote Duke number 25 every single week. No matter what. No matter what. They okay. were like over.
2: That's funny. Yeah. All right. So we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about. Uh, we'll talk about this Kale Gundy thing a little bit. We're not going to just beat the hell out of it, but it's out there, and I'm, I'm once again struck by how different I am from so many other people in my field. It always strikes me. I don't mean politically. I mean just the way I look at things. I don't. I'm of the opinion that if this is all there is to the story that action in and of itself is not fireable or resignable. Yeah, we'll get into it. So we'll get into that. Today is our Big 12 preview. We're going to just dive into Kansas football. Kansas number one. Go Jayhawks. They did win a national title in basketball. Kudos to the the Jayhawks. They got momentum. Yeah, that should carry over from sport to sport. Uh, Let's see. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about Miami's NCAA investigation a little bit. So uh, we'll talk about that as well. And then uh, God only knows what else we'll get to. Tyler's back from uh, his convention in uh, yeah. in Nashville, so we'll talk about that. Got a lot going on at, at Quick U, so. Rolling. Yeah, you, got, you got any announcements you can make? Are you waiting? you getting close? I'll let you know
3: about tomorrow, about noon. We got another one. Uh, I think I'll close one out tomorrow at noon. If my man Dave Shoemate, he's probably listening. Me and Dave got to go in there and do work tomorrow. But uh, we'll pick up uh, <laughs> one of us on this Big 12 list, uh, from the convention, probably add a couple more this week, and probably four or five more before the season starts, and then we'll rock and roll.
2: That's good. A lot of people at the recruiting convention in Nashville. A ton. Yeah, it was it was good stuff. You like Nashville? You're a big Nashville, I'm a Nashville Tennessee guy. guy. Yeah. I mean, how do you not like Nashville? No, man? I like Nashville too. I, I It's I, uh, I always hear people go, "It's too big, it's too whatever," and so I, when I go, I catch myself like trying not to like it, and I like it. I, I think I like it a little more every time I go. You
3: know, I was working, so I had to get up and go. Yeah. Um had an open bar tab one night that uh, got, a, got, a little, <laughs> I heard. got a little kidney shot on that one. I heard,
2: I heard the, I heard the bar tab. Yeah,
3: um, had to do it for clients though, is part of the business. But how do you not like live music? You know, I'm a live music guy. Yeah. I don't care. I, I'll, I could get in trouble in Nashville. I could. My wife would not like us living in Nashville because I would Saturday afternoon go down and have a drink and uh, listen to some live music. I could dig that.
2: Are you a country music guy? I or are you am. Just an I, any music? guy? I'm
3: an any music guy. Yeah, I like. The only thing I don't like is like this new rap that claims the rap. You know, I like old school rap. That's if I had one category that I, you know, I don't like the new pop music either. I like classic rock. You know, I can go into the, that stuff. You know, I guess kid rock is now classic rock. I stopped liking rock music about the uh, kid
2: rock time. Yeah. I used to not like country very much. And the older I get, the more I like country. Do you listen to Chris Stapleton? Yeah, I like Stapleton a lot. He's a he's a stud. His voice is um. His voice is incredible. Uh, one of my daughters is a big Chris Stapleton fan, so when we're in the car together, we'll turn him on.
3: Yeah, I'm Chris Stapleton, Dave Matthews Band, you know. Yeah, Alabama to Tupac. I'm
2: mean, I'm all over the place. Uh, yeah, you are kind of all over the place. I was Leonard Skinner. Now, I'm not a big Leonard Skinner guy.
3: Uh, that's un-American. But All I was, right, boys, it's been good. No, I'm just
2: kidding. I was doing a, uh, I was doing, a, as you well know, I was doing a Peloton ride today, and it was a rap rap Peloton. Okay. It was good. Alex Alex Toussaint was the instructor. He's, he'll push you a little bit. I like that. Even though you're still sort of on the honor system, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> he doesn't know. I mean, you could be like sitting there eating a donut, and he would not know that you're sitting there eating a donut. Wouldn't it be great if they started calling people out? Like they could see you. Like, hey, let's go. <laughs> yeah and they'll pick your shit they, up well, they can see your metrics, but they oh, so they ma- can't I got you but there's so many of you in there that they they'd have to pick on individual people. Oh Tevin, I've done some I've done some things we'll talk about here in a minute that would get me
3: fired these days.
2: before we dive into that, I want to tell you this podcast is powered by rain total body fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits, achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. All right, so I'm trying a new one again today. This is our Rainbow Sherbet. Is it Sherbet? It's Sherbet. Right? Sherbet. What are you having? What, what, you're having. I'm
3: going with White Gummy Bear. All right, I'm going you... to repeat. I, I got a couple. This isn't my rotation. White
2: Gummy Bear was one of my favorites yeah. from the first few weeks. You get to go back to your rotation starting next week. Okay. I'll tell you. We've We've had an impact on sales at the Oxford Kroger. <laughs> there, It's a it's a rain skeleton. I
3: mean, it's like, what happened? I don't know. It's like, good. It's a good thing. Yeah. Where was I? I was at the other day. I went to, my wife kicked me out of the house. I had to go pick up Jackson, and um, I had to go by the store, and I was like, hey, let me grab a rain or two. It's like crickets, man. I couldn't yeah. find anything.
2: Yeah, stuff pushed back into the back. I know. I was
3: moving stuff over, you know. But it is what it is.
2: All uh, right. We have a super chat. We got always recognize the super chats when right. they happen. Uh, I was close this. Uh, Kyle Wilson says, rain, body fuel, and alcohol. What drinks would you recommend? All right. Let me go experience Or Have you tried it yet with alcohol? No. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. So, I mean, I'm going
2: to be honest I with have. you. I'm going to be honest with you. Several you. times. I'm not a lightweight as it pertains to drinking. As right. You, as you know. I've heard. I'm probably more. Rumor. Uh, allegedly. Probably probably have built up more tolerance than I'd care to admit. But since I've been doing the fasting thing and I've kind of changed my body chemistry, beer doesn't phase me. I'm fine. I mean, like if I have like 10 or 11, I, but <laughs> I can have three or four beers and I'm I'm good. Okay, Wine doesn't phase me anymore. Cause I guess because my body like is like, Oh, we're drinking wine for the 347th <laughs> day of the it's year. The grapes, healthy grapes. But, I, I I love bourbon, but if I drink bourbon now and I presume Watch this, I, yeah, I presume vodka would be the same way. It's like straight into the bloodstream, boom, out. Really? Yeah. We presu- need to take shots one day on the show live. <laughs> it's, it's nuts, man. I mean, I have to be really careful. Yeah.
3: That'd be good. Uh, I'm going with, I like the, depends on the time of the year, but I'm a big, uh, Kyle, big melon mania with vodka. Okay. That's on point. Uh, the sour apple, which is hard to find. That's like finding a unicorn these days, but it's one of the first flavors picked. If you can get the sour apple uh, with the vodka, anything with vodka, I mean,
2: you can't really mess it up, right? Yeah, I would think vodka would be the the spirit that you would use with-
3: That's literally at Tito's and, and uh, Melon Mania is where, where I ride. Okay. That's what I
2: go with. I would recommend Cat Head, but sure.
3: Okay, fair. Cathead, I'm sorry. Did I get somebody in trouble there? No, we're good. Cathead, great for you. <laughs> yeah, sorry.
2: All right, uh, where do you want to start? You want to start, with, uh, you want to start with the top 25? Yeah, let's do it. As I yank my phone out of the wall. Um, All right. Top 25. I need to go to the text that I sent you, I think. It's fair. I actually have
3: got tabs. I'm like, look, I know what I'm doing over here. Yeah, you are organized. I'll give you credit. All
2: right, top 25. This is the uh, coaches' poll. Came out today. Again, we're about three and a half weeks from the start of the season. I guess two and a half weeks from, from uh, week zero. No surprise, Alabama's number one. No. Yep, imagine that. Ohio State, two. No shock. Uh, Georgia, three. No shock. A little surprise for me here. I, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Clemson is four. Notre Dame, five. The second uh the last part of the of the top 10 is Michigan at 6, A&M, Utah, Oklahoma, Baylor that rounds out the top 10. So I was a little surprised at Clemson at 4th. I'm not really um
3: I think they I, mean, I think they're going to be good. I mean, they're saying that they're going to be the uh, top of the ACC. I'm okay with that. You know, um not that they're a quick client or anything, but you know, I I'm, I'm I'm okay with that. You know, I think they're going to be, you know, got your quarterback back. You got everybody back. Uh, The only difference is what I want to see is how they, you know, like we talked about, I guess, last week or whatever it was. They're starting to run together now. But they had a lot of coaching changes in a place that doesn't have a lot of coaching changes. So, with new coaching changes, you have culture change. You can't help it, right? Right. So – but they have. I mean, they've been recruiting well for a long time. Obviously, um, they got dudes. Last year was like everybody's like, "Oh, Clemson sucks." Well, dude, they were like nine and three or ten. They won ten games, I think, counting the bowl game. Um, I mean, they're they got everybody back. They got the pieces in place. I mean, they're a the team to beat in ACC. You know, so
2: I, I'm okay with that. Are we sleeping on Utah a little bit? I'm not as a top, but as a team that could run the Pac-12 and, and go undefeated and slip into that fourth spot. I don't
3: know yet. i um
2: I reserve all judgment. I want to. I mean,
3: I want to see them play against Florida. You know, if you're really that good and you oh, go that's in, right, we get
0: that first game.
3: Yeah, and you go in against Florida and you don't dominate, you don't need to be up there.
2: You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. don't need to. Yeah, because Florida's going to be an eight and four-ish kind of team.
3: Because if you're going to run the table in the Pac-12 and you're going to beat Florida, we expect to be you know talking about you in late December about going to the college football playoff. Agree okay. or disagree? Oh, sure. All right. So if you're going to be that kind of team, don't be a team. I mean, you got to you got to show up and do something, and you got to be consistent. So, you know, um, I just I want to see them do it on the road. Even though it's you know everybody's saying uh, they're going to beat Florida, if they go in and even struggle at Florida, then no, I'm not ready to put them there.
2: We haven't talked about Notre Dame because they're not in a league. The, Brian Kelly they or, won't be there long. They got to play Ohio State week one. Oh, we get that game week one too. Oh, Yeah. See, I can already tell you. I'm in one hand. I'm glad I'm going back to the games. I'm back, glad to be back in the stadium. On the other hand, I, I already know that I'm going to see less football by being in a stadium than I got to see being in here flipping channels right. and you know I'd put one game there, one game there, one game on my computer. I could put a game on this computer. Well, I won't have that luxury. At Hemingway that day, because I'll have a game in front of me and I'll have my computer. I can put one game on my computer, but I got to write. Right,
3: you're I can, just distracted.
2: I, I can already tell I'm going to miss seeing as much football as I got to see the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I don't know how you do it.
3: Now it's it's just hard. I mean, it's the same way when you're coaching, right? When you're coaching, you don't ever get to see. There's teams you don't get to see football now. You get to watch it on film, you know. And and you may not know until week eight you know how good somebody is cuz you finally get them on film depending on how the swap goes and who they've played and so on yeah. and so forth but same thing in coaching you don't you don't get to really see football until you know the bowl games really I mean you're watching film film but you're not watching you don't you don't get any big 10 and you may catch a game or two depending on your schedule like we talked about Yeah cuz
2: you wake up and you have meetings and yeah, you got to get to the stadium and you're not watching ball Yeah you got to Get your team ready and then you coach your team's game and then you have recruits in afterwards and stuff like that. Or you're getting on a plane a bus to get to a plane to get back. And yeah, you don't you don't see a lot of ball. The only <laughs> the only time you get to watch college the only
3: time I've watched college game day uh when I was coaching was when um I was at Alabama and Nick, they would if they were in Tuscaloosa, uh Nick would go do college game day. And so the staff meeting started right after that. And so you would sit there and watch it and be like all right, he's done. Here we go. Shit, here we go. Buck, <laughs> buckle up, boys. Here we go.
2: And hoping he was going to be in a good mood when he showed up. I still think A and M's too high at seven. That's that, but that's just me.
3: I gotta get. By the way, I listened to the show. I guess I don't know what day it was last week. Your Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Never. Chase really hates Texas A and M, doesn't he?
2: He does. I mean, like with a passion. Yeah, he 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 hates Texas A and M to the point that he cannot be objective about that. Is
3: is there is there is it something I need to ask him,
2: is it rooted in something? No, I just think it's when he's gone there, he's been creeped out by the cult.
3: <laughs> look, I mean we've talked about it. We're all gonna see shortly, but look, seven being too high for them, I just I mean that's the coach's poll, right? I mean yeah, I, sure. and I have been high on them, correct? You you like AM? In the coaching community, in the recruiting community, any community that you want to call it besides sure. fandom. Okay you're expecting those guys to be really good because I hate the narrative. I really do. I hate the narrative that just because of NIL, they've been recruiting. Well,
2: they have been recruiting well for a long since Jimbo arrived. Jimbo's a very good coach. People can say what they want. He's a very good recruiter. You can dive into whether he's fake or he's this, or he's that like Jay Tate, who I do a show with hates, hates Jimbo. Um, I don't know why I, I've, no, always, that's the, that's, I've always gotten along fine with Jimbo the times that I've been around him. That's so. the one.
3: I listened to the greatest pod in the South driving to Nashville. He hates him. He
2: just, like, doesn't really like the guy. He hates him. and was, He's a really good dude, by the way. I, well, you know, it's funny because when our, Jay and I both broke into the Auburn beat at the same time. Yep. Literally the same, like, month. And um, Jimbo was on that staff. He was the quarterback's coach when the season began. <laughs> and then when Terry Bowden quit, I was there. That's right. <laughs> I always, see it up close I always, always forget that. When Terry Bowden left, Jimbo was kind of uh, – Bill Oliver promoted him to interim offensive coordinator. Right. And Jimbo was always really good with his time with me. And I was, A, a pretty young pup as a reporter. And, B, it was my first year at Auburn. And I was like, this place is crazy. And so anything that he was like – a hell of a year. Oh, I know. Believe me. Anything that was like sort of um, – Felt stable. I, I sort of like clung cling to a little bit because I could get information and I could write. And I've said this before Bill Oliver, for some reason, liked me. He's be- the greatest human being on the planet. I awesome. love him. I love Bill Oliver. Um, and then uh, Jimbo was always really good to me. You know, if I was inquisitive about something that was going on with the offense, that was back in the day where you could go back into the coach's offices and be like, hey, you got two minutes? And he would always, not always, but. Pretty typically give me a couple of minutes and if I was like hey I saw where you were trying to do this what was this he would give that stuff to me and I'm trying to because I'm trying to impress my my bosses like hey, yeah because my boss did not want the guy that became my boss did not want to hire me <laughs> why <laughs> because he wanted to go get I was doing news at the time he wanted to go get somebody covering sports and I get it and so he was really reluctant to to give me the job and I knew I was trying to impress the whole time, and so I was always just digging for stuff. But anyway, Jimbo was good to me, and then later when I was in Mobile, and Jimbo was working at LSU with uh, with Saban, he was he was pretty good to me there too. With like you know, some of those league. were the hardcore Saban years. He softened up since, but those were the hard, hardcore years. You know, the Jamarcus Russell was from Mobile, and yep. I was doing a lot of stuff about Jamarcus' recruiting and. Jimbo was obviously a big part of that. And anyway, Jay hates him. I don't I don't have the issue with him that, that Jay does. All right, here's eleven through twenty. By the way, I think Michigan's up way too high.
3: Okay. I think they're living a little bit off last year. All right.
2: <clears throat> Oklahoma State's eleven, followed by Oregon, NC State, Michigan State, Southern Cal at fifteen, Pitt is at sixteen, the uh Miami hur- Miami Hurricanes are seventeen. Too low. Texas is 18. Ooh. Wake Forest is 19. Shouldn't be in there. Wisconsin is 20. Uh, Kentucky is 21. Too low. Cincinnati is 22. The team that Cincinnati opens the season against, Arkansas, is 23. That's going to work itself out. It is. Quick. Uh, Ole Miss at 24. Houston at 25. Other teams receiving votes. I won't go through the whole list. I'm just looking for some highlights. Uh. Iowa's, Iowa would be 26. Tennessee would be 28. LSU would be 30. Auburn would be 31. Uh, two, three,
3: four. Is that how you count it?
2: Yeah, Mississippi State would be 36. Florida would be 37. And then after that, South Carolina gets a few votes. Um, I'm surprised
3: it. South Carolina didn't get any more votes than that.
2: Yeah, South Carolina would be roughly 40.
3: Wow. They'll be up there.
2: You are high on them. I'll give you. I, I give you credit.
3: You don't back down. I. I don't. Yeah, I don't give a shit about like somebody. <laughs> somebody goes and says, "Well, you said this back in the." Yeah, yeah, they can all kiss my ass. I really don't care because I forgot more about football than they know. Right. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, so it took eighteen minutes for you just to just well, I'm Like, uh, I'm killing it. I'm thirsty today. Yeah, you're crushing it. I, I'm. I'm juiced up today. Your so. mother's not going to be
2: happy with you again.
3: No, I hope she's not listening just yet. But I didn't. <laughs> she got mad at me for saying the f word. She like called me. And yeah, and actually, my dad called me and warned me it was coming. So, <laughs> so shout out to my parents. Love you, mom. All
2: right, so that's the. um if, yeah, I don't. Anything else strike you there? I, I think. I think the Ole Miss. Where'd you say they were? Twenty four. Which I like they're a going, low. They're
3: well. They're going. It doesn't matter what the way their schedule starts. If they do what they're supposed to do, I'm going before everybody says. Well, y'all, you said they were going to go. No, if they do just what they're supposed to do and Kentucky does what they are supposed to do. You could you could be having like you know whether it ends up being that way or not. Right. The the appearance of a national game early in the season. Well, Cuz I think I think, so too. I think Kentucky's got a good chance to be undefeated and Ole Miss has a good chance of being undefeated, probably a better than good chance to be undefeated um going into that game. I think it could be like a uh it's going to be an easy sale and easy market for uh networks that week.
2: My my just initial thoughts. I don't, on that 11, Mm -hmm. I think Oklahoma State's a little low at 11. We'll talk about the Big Ten in a minute. I like Oklahoma State the more I read. Uh, NC State. So you like my pick? I told you just be careful that maybe the 14. Remember that pick I
3: gave a couple weeks ago? I do. You're starting to like it a little bit?
2: I do. I start to like it. I, I think NC State is, is, uh, Potentially higher than 13. I
3: just, yeah, I don't see how they lose. They're going to end up higher than 13 because I don't see them losing more than two games, period. You know, so a 10 and 2 team is going to be higher than 13 at the end of the year.
2: I think 14 for Michigan State's a little low because I agree with you that Michigan's too high at at, uh, six. I actually think uh, your boy Mel Tucker's team's got a chance to make some noise in the Big Ten. It's just a gauntlet, man. You know what I mean? Like,
3: when you start talking like the top, you know, that that bottom of the top 10 and that, you know, that I got to say 8 to 15 range. So much by the end of the season is what I'm talking. So much of it is dependent on record, right? So if you're sure. if Michigan State's in there and they're they may be the 10th best team, but they're having to play Ohio State. I
2: mean, they're just well, that's back, the back, SEC back, thing, back, back, too, right? right? Is that that's why when people go Houston's not better than I'm like, no, they're not. But Houston might go 11 and one, guys. And, yeah. and you know, 11 and one Houston is going to be ranked higher than a four lost Michigan State. Well, look, last year, what they go and
3: Grind probably was at the game, but they were. Really good last year, Houston was, yeah, they play you know Cincinnati to basically try to end their season. they don't they lose, but they play Auburn, who was a six and six team in the bowl game, and Auburn should have won, you know, but it was not they struggled with a six and six Auburn team, right,
2: I don't think Auburn really wanted to be there, that yeah, day. a lot
3: of the bowl games, which we'll get to betting wise when it comes, it's all about who wants to be there
2: uh. Texas at 18 is really interesting.
3: Very. I, that, that's uh, – I don't get to
2: them. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, I think they're a little low on Kentucky. I'm higher on Kentucky than most. Um, I think Cincinnati is – they're they're resting on last year's laurels a little bit here. Uh, I think Arkansas should be ranked a little higher. I think Ole Miss should be ranked a little higher, and I'm fine with Houston at 25, whatever.
3: Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati is going to do – I mean, their records can going to be fine by the end of the year. Whether they lose to – You know, they have two games that I would say, you know, they need to be ready for, obviously Arkansas. And they they play Indiana again. Um, And then the rest of that league, I think they're going to be fine. You know, they got to play. I don't know if they play uh, Memphis in the regular season or not, but playing Houston, Houston's going to be good. I mean.
2: I will say the disrespect towards Iowa is a turnoff. Just me. I mean,
3: are they, did they even get votes? Yeah, the 26th. Okay.
2: I mean. They should well, be the,
3: second or sixth, the peeps. 26. The peeps. And, I mean, if they do what they're supposed to do, they'll be in there. I mean, they if they win that division, they're going to be in the top twenty. Oh yeah, that's they'll why be, the polls don't matter. Polls don't matter at all. No, and nobody really gives a shit to be honest with you, and so, except for fans.
2: Yeah, fans take disrespect from it. I don't even. I don't even think coaches use them as motivation anymore.
3: Like the, I wish Pete. You know how everybody says, "Oh, it's bulletin board material and all that stuff." I've literally in 20 years never said, hey, you know what this guy said about you. They're disrespecting you saying that you're number 22. I've never – nobody's ever used that That staff that I've been a part of. Um, now, if you go and beat a uh, number one team, you can use it in recruiting. We beat the number one team. But, sure. But that's about the extent of it.
2: All right. So you were in Nashville last week. I was. The two-day personnel and recruiting symposium was at the Omni Hotel in Nashville. I'm sure the bartenders hate, hated to see you leave. They
3: did. For sure. Uh,
2: there were more than 300 this I'm, I'm reading. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. This is Steve Wiltfong of uh, 24-7 Sports. Are y'all boys? I don't know him. I don't know that we've ever met. Um, I respect his work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 300 college football staffers were together. And uh, they did sort of a, a panel. Not a panel, but they sort of polled a lot of people. And this is interesting. And one of the things... They asked, these were all recruiting guys. And so they asked them about these photo shoots, which I have to tell you, I despise them. All right. Okay. Yeah. 78% were in favor of only allowing them for official visits. And the other 22% have never done a photo shoot. Probably <laughs> 20% like the current rule of allowing them for unofficial and official visits. And 2% said to get rid of them completely. All right, here, here's the deal, and just so
3: everybody knows, it's not as simple as, oh, look at that kid. He went and took a picture, right? The amount of organization and time that it takes for you to set one of those things up, I'm talking, it's insane. And Clay Carter, he works with me now, but, you know, Clay, I got so sick and tired of it. Now, this is before we went all, you know, dogs and Lamborghinis, right? This is back when there were, there were rules that you could only do them in the locker room, things like that. At that point, which was feels like 10 years ago, it was like two or three years ago, right? I had to have a staffer that that was his job. I had to pay someone that their job was to get this out of my hair. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to see it or nothing. Well, now you're having to get the equipment people involved. And that's not their gig. But, you know, if you lose, which if you want to watch a high, any high school football game and you see some recruit with your gloves on, okay, that's a violation. And it used to be a big violation. Now we don't give a shit about anything, right? But you can't let things get out of the equipment room. It, it just takes forever. And now here's problem too, is when you do have a Robert Camdiche on campus. Yeah. Okay, now i got to do a photo shoot for the other 75 people in his posse. That takes up all kinds of time. And you got to kiss some kid's ass that has no chance of playing on the flag football team on next Friday night. And it just takes away from the point of the drill. I'm just telling it like it is. I'm sorry. I know you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. I hate that's them. what you want to do here, right? We're going to tell well, them like it is.
2: Look, I've talked to assistant coaches at different places who have told me that they'll tell you that too. They'll tell you that. I've gone home after one of those photo shoots, and couldn't decide whether I just wanted to pour alcohol straight down my gullet and or take a shower.
3: Yeah, it makes you feel. Yeah, it does. It makes you feel creepy. Yeah. I mean, in in a, in a weird way, but like a hundred years ago, and like ten years ago, let me express that it's like ten years ago. You used to like, would only like it was good enough to give the jersey to the kid and take a picture in the jersey. In the course of like five years, we went from jerseys to spinning tables and 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 just. Well, and it's, it's, it, it's insane. So, so are you on the get rid of them completely or no, official I think, visits? I'm cool with official visits, right. but here's the here's the thing: it's like in our system. Okay, this is how silly it's gotten. One of the biggest pains in the ass is you'll have a kid, they, they, you may sign a kid, he may have done four photo shoots, may have done four by the time he signs. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, how many How many is enough? And But it's to the point that I'm almost embarrassed to say this, inside Quick U, we actually have a section that has their jersey, their glove size, their shoe size, their helmet size, and everything else for the on campus to be able to keep track of that so you don't have to keep asking over and over again. You know what? So that when the kid shows up, you shows up again. You've already ready. got everything ready to go. Like we had to put that inside of our system. That's where we're at. That's just, so if a
2: kid came for a visit though and and said, "I don't want to do a photo shoot," would you immediately go? We're not we're not getting him. Or would I would you? immediately sign the kid and <laughs> dance at his
3: wedding. I mean, I, those are the kinds of kids you want. But a lot of times, it's not even the kids. That, sometimes the kids don't want to do it. Sometimes it's mom and dad and all that stuff. But I'm cool on an official visit. That's what it's for. But the problem is, is you get. You know, kids have gotten too good these days. It's like they're too good for you. So they'll come to a camp, and instead of working out and you coaching the kid and seeing if it's a fit, they'll just visit and want to do a photo shoot. Well, I'm out there trying to evaluate players, and i got to send four of my people that's helping me evaluate players. i got to spend my resources, go do a photo shoot with this guy while camp's going on. And the whole point with the recruiting staff is is they're just spread too thin. Right. All right? And it's just – it's all the time. And I think I've told you the story, and if I've told one here, forgive me, but – there was a kid. I remember we played LSU. We were playing LSU the year they won the national championship. Nobody gave us a, a shot in hell, which I didn't either. But <laughs> but we were making a game of it, and it's like an eight point game. Ed run did everything he could to let us win that game, and we're trying and we're, we're we're little engine that could, you know. And we're out there, and we had a kid and his posse. By the way, and there's a there's a high correlation to those two, but a kid in his posse that. All the fans that are in here listening gave us shit about for not recruiting, by the way. Y'all can't believe y'all didn't sign them. They went here, here, here. By the way, none of those three kids have played a college snap yet. I just won't go on record and (laughs) let everybody know that. But I'm the asshole for not signing them, right? All right, so they haven't yet to play. And they've all three transferred twice. All right, so but we didn't sign them, right? Okay. In the middle of the game, in the middle of the third quarter. They
2: want to do a photo shoot.
3: They want to do it in the middle of a game. I had no idea because I'm on the sideline. I'm helping, helping all that stuff. And so Clay Karcher tells the greatest story ever is he was like, we were getting our ass kicked and I'm inside doing a photo shoot in the middle of the game. And I come back out. I'm like, what, 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 what the hell just happened? And we're you know, in the game and like, he missed the whole comeback. Probably the best 17 minute stretch we had in Oxford, Mississippi. <laughs> he, he misses it because he's in there doing a photo shoot with the kids. They take their photos and they leave in the middle of the third quarter. They left. But we we were assholes for not signing them, and they still haven't played where they went. Where did they sign? Arkansas and Tennessee.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: Arkansas and Tennessee. I'll
3: tell you later. You gave me shit a little bit about it, too. You didn't, but your five-star friend, your five flames, what was the, what was the guy's uh, name? Russell? Yeah. I was going to
2: say, you know I didn't. I don't, yeah. don't care who goes Your away. five flames, man. Oh, those were the it. Memphis kids, right? Allegedly. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, one of those I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, but we're, you know what I mean? like. All know. right, home visits. 70% were in favor of allowing home visits during the December-January contact period. Which is seniors, what it is now, which is right? now. 17% were in favor of home visits during the spring evaluation period and the contact period for seniors. Bad idea. 7% were in favor of allowing visits uh, during the December-January contact period for both juniors and seniors. 5% were in favor of allowing home visits during the spring eval period and December-January contact period for both juniors and seniors, which would mean you just – all you would just be – insane, insane. It'll be,
3: it's just more here's the thing is like i'm glad that they did this and by the way if i i'm we'll talk about the ncaa in a minute but i am i am i do have to give credit where credits do yeah they did show up and seem to listen and so i want to give them credit for that sure because we're talking to the wrong people and i've said that a thousand times if you want to make a rule or you want to adjust a rule how about talk to the people who do it every single day and that's why i want you know this article i think is awesome now, the reason that they're trying to move this home visit stuff, and it's not really the home visit as much as it is what they call contact, is they're trying to eliminate the bump rule, all right? So whether you're any any Power 5 school, and really, to be honest with you, most of group of five schools are done with recruiting in, in December, all right? So we have this first signing day in December, and so I'll tell you what we do. I mean, I, every school do I did it. Everybody did it. Is we're going to use from these, that, that January contact period? Yeah, I don't care about a senior. I'm going to see the, the next year's kid. I'm sure, going to go to the, to the high school and I'm going to stop by. Why? Because we stopped by. If you didn't stop by now, you're behind. Even if you like the kid just a little bit, you're going to stop by to say, "Hey, we're recruiting him." Da da, da, da. Well, all these coaches are doing more than just stopping by. You know, they're getting the guys in a room. They're talking to them. Happens every day. Sure, every day. And it's highly against the rules right now. Right, It's very hard to enforce because what kid is going to turn in a coach that he's trying to get recruited by? The same thing with school, all that stuff. Nobody's turning in anybody. No schools are turning in each other because they're doing it too. Of course. And so it's just hard to enforce the rule. So they're trying to make this rule to where you can do contact period at that time to, so they don't just like pay for play, right? Because they can't enforce it. Now we're going to make it legal.
2: All right, I find this one interesting because you talked about this, I don't know, I, unlike you, I lose track of weeks and times, but you mentioned this was coming. 17% were in favor of the current rule, which is coaches are only allowed, the only coaches allowed to go out on the road recruiting are the coaches. 56% uh, were in favor of designating an assigned number of staffers, essentially, that can go on the road along with coaches during eval and contact period. were in favor of allowing an assigned number of personnel staff to go off campus in the fall eval period only. This is where I think we're headed into this deal where you have a group of coaches that coach and a group of coaches that recruit.
3: I think for sure you're heading this
2: way, whether you like
3: it or not, because coaches are getting burnt out. They are.
2: Yeah, big time.
3: Big time. I got another call yesterday by somebody that I was shocked. And they're not old. But I know this is a shocker to many people, but college assistant coaches are getting paid pretty well now. Yeah. And it's to the point to where you know, how much is enough? And if you got enough, go find something else to do. I mean, it's which is sad because that's not why you got into coaching. And to see the joy being taken away from doing the job, I never worked a day in my life. That's what, how I felt. Right. I enjoyed what I was doing. But when you're taking the joy out of coaching, this is where it's going. It's like, OK, these guys want to recruit. These personnel departments are getting built up. And so you're going to see this in a true NFL model where you're going to have a scouting department and you're going to have a recruiting a coaching department, basically. And they're going to go just like pros. They're going to go to the top. They'll work the kids out and do those things. But you're going to see a very similar involvement with college coaches like the NFL coaches have with their staff.
2: All right, this is one I think is interesting because a lot of people love to talk about the transfer portal, and, and the transfer portal is a huge part of college football now, but every coach I know or know of, they all feel like, hey, man, we've got to put a calendar on this. I mean, we've we've got to put some guidelines on it. It's, it's, it's insane. The recruiting people agreed 21% were in favor of keeping the May 1st deadline, which is the current rule. were in favor of the new proposal of two deadlines, Uh, basically two periods, one from the final Sunday in November until the uh, early signing date in mid-December, and then having another transfer portal window from April the 15th to May the 1st. And I'm in total agreement, but probably not why you think. Okay.
3: If I'm a coach or I work on a staff, the number one reason... Well, let's let's start backwards. The number two reason is is it takes some of the pressure of the crazy recruiting and stuff going on, right? Right. But the number one reason is is I have time to respond and address the tampering going on with my players. Yeah. So you're going to know before that deadline if your kids are getting tampered with through the process. Instead of a kid getting tampered with and gone, and you never even have a chance to address it, or if you want the kid to make a counterproposal, all right, you – have time to to get your kids and capture them where you don't lose them. And so you know when that time's coming. And so it almost gives you a window, and this is really dumb, and I apologize, but you're going to see a lot of this if you don't. It gives you an opportunity to coach your kids hard and then recapture them. Yeah. Okay, you sure? And I'm sure you've been to camp, I know, this week or uh, last week or whatever. Yeah, several practices, uh-huh. If you go the way things are right now, if you go the first time a kid, and you're going to have these 18-year-old kids, 19-year-old kids, and they're getting yelled at and getting coached hard, and it could be on the field or off the field, but the first sign of adversity, these kids hit the easy button. I'm going to the portal. Mm -hmm. Well, now you get a chance to coach them hard, and then, okay, and then they either respond or they don't, but you have time to capture and, and mend that relationship if you need to. Yeah. And it give, and kids need to be coached hard. They don't need to be so soft. It drives me nuts. And I mean that's a constant battle with coaches right now is they can't coach the kids hard. They're having to coach them with, "Hey, please don't do that. Screw that." I mean you got to get after somebody's ass from time to time. And when they do things that are wrong, you have to correct them. And they're not teenage girls. They're, you know, they're they're you got to go deal with them. You can't I mean you got to be a man, you know, a man to man conversation. And those aren't always pleasant.
2: Uh, 53% of the people polled were in favor of the two signing days. Uh, 23% were in favor of adding a summer signing day. No, no. no God, no. <laughs> You're voting against that um, one? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, no. And then 25% were in favor of eliminating signing days and allowing seniors to sign at any time. Yeah, so
3: I'm for, just for the record, I'm for two signing days. The way it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm actually for one going back to the way it used to be, but I'm okay with. It. I can I see the value. Um, thought I would never get along on board with it, but I'm okay with it now. After going through it a couple of years, my man Rich Rod actually convinced me or had me leaning one time because he was uh, many years ago was a part of the component of whenever the kids are ready to sign, yeah, ready to sign because he's like, hey, you know, if you don't want to deal with all this pressure of recruiting and things like that. If you know where you want to go, go ahead and go. Um, I get that part. I just think that the the clock would be nuts. I mean, you'd be recruiting, you know, class of 2026
2: 20, kids trying to get a commitment. All right, here's one that I'm for. Um, I hate, I hate with, with a passion the whole verbal offer thing. We do this, here, yeah. here's, here's what's coming. Hold on, let me finish. Here's what's coming. I this, this part that I can't stand. We get all these letters from Rivals people. Because remember, I used to have to text you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this and be real? like, hey, is this dude real? Did y'all offer him?
3: What was the game? Go ahead.
2: And you'd come back. Most of the time it was, yeah. Every once in a while I'd be like, no, I hadn't heard of him. Not that one. And so I'd have to send something to the people at Rivals that went, okay, hey, you know how the old Miss staff, they can't talk to me about a kid yet. You're asking me to talk to them about a kid. I talked to them about a kid. They don't know who this kid is. He doesn't have an offer, so you need to pull that off. At which point, some seven-on-seven coach or on rare occasion, high school coach would say, no, they offered him. And I'd have to circle back and go, are you sure you didn't offer? And you'd be like, well, yeah, I'm the one running it. I know we didn't offer that kid. And I'm like, okay, I know. And I'd go back, no, he doesn't have an offer. Take his offer down. The kid's – and then and then we had to do the thing on September the 1st every year, August 1st every year where the kids go see I have an today I have an official offer. All right, so in other words, you are admitting that August the 1st of your senior year is the first day that the offer actually has any meaning. Now, I understand on the other side that if you don't offer the kid like shortly after he gets out of his pull-ups that you can't get him because he's going to use that as a form. It was hey, you got Tennessee's going to say, hey man, remember, you know, I know you you think you like Florida, but they didn't offer you until you're midway through your junior year. We offered you when you were twelve.
3: Yeah, all right. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's a that's we'll give some insight here for the fans and let them know kind of how some of these problems arise and maybe hold that up. thought.
2: Here's here's 75 are are fine with. I'm sorry, 25 percent. Are fine with unlimited verbal offers to any age group. Seventy-five percent believe it's out of control, and some sort of change needs to take place. Four is yeah. yours.
3: I think the fa- the key part of that is some sort of change needs to take place. Like, how are you gonna? How do you prove that? If you're, let's say they put the rule in, okay, can't prove it. I mean, if they can't prove me paying paying for somebody. They're not gonna be able to prove me having right. a conversation with somebody. Same thing. While they're they're struggling to uh, legislate tampering, right, because you can't prove it. But let me explain. I'm going to alleviate some of your frustrations here too. So you know when you get, I think it happens every class, and you've been doing this a long time. You know how there's a kid always like in state or there's a kid that you're like, as a class of 27 guy, you're like, this guy, they put the first rankings out, and this guy's like Johnny Five Star. And all the fans are on our ass because we're not recruiting the guy. All right, here's how that works. Is you're actually in there two years prior. I've been there. Okay, I, I go in there and I'm be like, "Hey, I, I really like this Neil McCready kid. I'm going. We're recruiting him, recruiting him, recruiting him. I'm like, I'm in a battle, man. It's me and everybody else, I'm I'm right here. I'm locked in on Neil.
2: Things college coaches never said for five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and so
3: all of a sudden, here comes his. Hey, coach, I want you to meet his. And you're out in like. I'm in Lancaster, Texas, or whatever. Sure. Way away from home. And all of a sudden they go, hey coach, this is his best friend little Johnny. He's gonna be a really good player. He's a nice guy. Hey, little Johnny, I'm gonna offer you too. All of a sudden little Johnny goes and goes home and tells all of it and goes on Twitter, blessed to receive an offer from whoever. And so now little Johnny gets a Ole miss offer. Well, guess what Mississippi State's gonna do the next day? Oh shit, they're gonna make a response offer. All right. We need to offer this guy too. All right. And then, so all of a sudden, little Johnny, who can't play dead in a western, has eight has eight big time offers, and now Johnny Johnny Rivals guy looks at it and goes, "Oh my gosh, what am I missing?" Four star, and then those kids can't play. It's amazing. Can I tell you a funny story on here? Sure. Want to hear one? Yeah, it's was, show my too. Yeah, my show <laughs> too. I was reminded of this. I'm going to have to. Um, I told this story this past week to somebody because I met one of the guys involved in it for the first time. So I'm coaching at South Alabama, all right? I recruit the city of Mobile. It's just part of my area. And I had a good relationship. I'm not going – I don't want to get coaches involved because some of them are still coaches. Okay. So <clears throat> I'm recruiting a kid from this school, recruiting two kids actually. I know the coach very well. He's a friend of mine. I'm at my son's MMA competition like in a week before signing day, like a Thursday night or Friday night. I come in to watch his deal. And I'm back out on the road. I get a phone call from this coach. He's like, Coach, do you still have any connections to Alabama? Well, I guess I can say Alabama. It doesn't matter. And I said, Yeah. He's like, Well, this kid's on Twitter claiming an Alabama offer. And I go, There's no way. Yeah. I mean, this kid's bad. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I watched him play. Yeah. And so I'm like, What's going on? So I call somebody and they're like, I mean, this kid comes up here. He said, Coach, this kid came up here and just said, wants to walk on or something. We said, Yeah, we got walk on tryouts in January if you want to come. That was the extent of the conversation. All right. So he says, I got an offer from Alabama. All right. There's another SEC school. Okay. I will not, I will remain nameless. All right. The next day, offers the kid. I know the coach that coaches that position very well from that school. So I see this. I call said coach. I said, hey, man, please, for the love of God, tell me that you didn't offer this guy. And he goes, yeah, yeah, we offered him. I was like, are you effing kidding me? I said, have you seen this kid? He goes, no, I watched his tape. I said, I almost said his name. He's like 5'7", 205 and runs like a five flat. He can't play. And he's like, have you seen his tape? I said, yeah, that's all JV film. So he took his JV film cause they were using like the same uniforms yeah, and puts it as his like highlight film. I'm like, that's not, that's JV. That's not even varsity. Cause he was like, he's playing against a good competition. <laughs> I say it's JV. Cause he was looking to uniforms. And, um, and so I was like, you need to get out of it. I said, I love, I said, you will get fired. If you sign this kid, you're going to get fired. Now remind you signing days like next week, he literally got on the plane, flew down the next day and, and pulled it back. Because the kid was saying he was big, he's not, all that stuff. Kid you not, the kid does a video, okay? The kid does a video, like one of these three-minute videos. Yeah. You know, with some, you know, hugging his grandma, you know, got the music in the background, working hard. (laughs) And he's like, we'll use Ole Miss for shits and giggles since we got some Ole Miss people on here. He goes, final three, Alabama, Ole Miss, Toledo, (laughs) Go Rockets. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what do we, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, sure. So these offers and things that go on are so outlandish and that the fans think that sometimes you're, you may throw out an offer to get in on the guy you really want.
2: I guess I think you could legislate it by doing this. Verbal offers aren't allowed until, and I realize they're going to happen anyway. <laughs> okay. I get it. <laughs> But it takes away the onus of reporting them. And if we don't report them, it takes away, for at least some of the kids, it takes away some of the incentive to do all the, hey, I got another offer, bless, et cetera. But don't you think that's out of the barn, though? I mean, can you get it back? I think you can pull some of it back. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm with the 75% that go, you got to do something. Because I think it's insane. Like, like.
3: Like I think the like August first is a
2: joke. There are people in rivals that that get frustrated at me because an analyst will write a story. Um, Ole Miss offers twenty twenty seven wide receiver, and they'll write a story, and I'm like, I'm not running that. Why not? Because the kid's in middle school. I'm not running it. What's well, a good story? He's going to be a really good player. <laughs> He's thirteen. Yeah. He's he hasn't walked into he, he he literally hasn't walked into a high school yet as a student. Stop. Not doing it. But because he's got offers offers in quotes. Yeah. We're writing those stories and I I get it. I just I I just wish sometimes it's not look it's, no, it's I, a first world problem here don't get yeah, me wrong it it's just I do silly.
3: Think it, it is silly and it's been but I just don't think there's any way you can legislate it and if you say okay you're going to legislate it I'm just going to be honest with you I'm not checking up if it no. if it helps me recruit another kid <laughs> I mean good luck proving that shit I mean I'm going I'm going I mean look I I I'm, I'm pretty good at what I do about dancing in the gray area so
2: Speaking of, last question that I found to be interesting. There's some other stuff here. It's, again, it's, it's on 247 Sports, which I didn't know existed before today. But, that's the website? Uh, is, is it what it is? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I don't know. Never heard, <laughs> I'd never heard of it before today. Um, the last question that's interesting. Comfort level with the alleged cheating going on in college football recruiting currently. 92% said it's the wild, wild west. 4% said only a small... Uh, Fair amount is going on, and four percent said they're completely comfortable. So A and M weighs in with the four percent. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, there. it's a joke. It's they a joke. were there. They were there. They were there. I mean, You've been saying it's wild, wild west for a while. I mean, obviously, here we are.
3: Yeah, I mean, what are we doing? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I will say this. Uh, I told you this earlier today. I was surprised that the amount of teams that are probably getting it figured out. And doing it the right way. If you I mean paying them when they get there, which I we said, I guess what three weeks ago, we don't. this kind of like the draft, right? We don't need to be paying these recruits a gazillion dollars to come play. When you, what are they, what are you going to do if they suck? And I think you've gotten there's some te- There's a lot of teams out there more than I thought that are saying basically, and that you may, you're going to like this because it's like, hey, is, you feel like you've been validated a little bit. What are you going to do? I mean, literally, I want to make sure they can play. Before we pay them, or my ass is going to get fired. That was quote, of course. And then if the kid can play, we'll we'll pay him. Yeah, different deal. But that was like, okay, I had a baby,
2: and it used to always kind of be, hey, look, if you come to school X, once you get there, you can get taken care of. Allegedly, I don't even have to do the allegedly. I wouldn't do it. I do. I know you do. (laughs) But it was that. It was, hey, you'll get taken care of. And then, you know, they'd talk to some former players or some current players who were like, Yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's gonna going be, be all right. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna get a, you're gonna get back from the meeting on Sunday and your your freezer's gonna be full. <laughs> it's gonna be a little gonna be a little cash laying on the table. Things are gonna be okay. Look, I've covered multiple
3: programs. I'm just, I'm I know just, how it I was works. just letting you finish your thoughts. I know how it works. I'll just let you finish results.
2: Someone's going to go to the grocery store for you and magically get into your apartment and your refrigerator is going to be full. The pantry's going to be full. There's going to be stuff in the freezer. It's going to be all right. You know and, what? And then, you know, and then when you needed something, hey, look, I got to get a new tire. I got to go. Magically, that's going to get taken care of. Opportunity fund. Well. And so those things were there. That's legal, by the way. Just somebody yeah. says opportunity fund is legal. And so I just think I just think we're headed back to there but in legal fashion now and I I think I I do think the markets are going to correct themselves over time.
3: Yeah, I think they I think they're getting corrected. Um for sure I just I hope that at the end of all this the reason that coaches are for kids getting paid is it's kind of ridiculous sometimes when you got a kid that needs 20 bucks to go home or get, you know it's not 20 bucks anymore, it's more gas but they sure. want to go home for see their you know grandmother or whatever it is and it's not opportunity fund worthy but a kid needs 20 bucks to go now how are you supposed to sit there and go i make all this money because you're breaking literally giving your body for me but i can't give you 20 bucks to put gas in your tank to go home and see your family that's that's the stuff that i want to make sure is fixed out of all this
2: of course yeah i think everybody's for that yeah um i'm for the kids getting paid i mean i'm i'm cool with it i just understand and we already see this when you get paid and everybody knows you're getting paid well now you you are going to be judged on your performance even harsher than you were before yeah and that's, I mean, that's just par that's par for the course that's
3: part of the deal you know I, I take my binoculars beatings just because that's par for the course I mean i I did it I got to pay for it right
2: you I, I never understood why that was a big deal at the first the first place. You were working for Alabama. No,
3: I'm not, yeah. Well, I'm not, I didn't mean to get in that conversation. I mean, but
2: my two-fold thing on that is it's <laughs> always the same. A, you were working for Alabama. And B, Ole Miss wasn't winning that game if you had been with an earpiece to Hugh Freeze going, hey, they're running this. It just wouldn't have mattered.
3: Yeah. I mean, I've said what I've had. I mean, how many times have I addressed it over the last nine or ten years, How long has it has been now?
2: We're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. Three hundred milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits, achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. So, speaking of NCAA stuff, you told me today you kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the Miami investigation. Yeah,
3: so, so you know, the I don't know how many fans did
2: you did you even know that they were down there. I didn't. I mean, I guess I knew that they had named Miami as one of the schools they wanted to look into about NIL stuff or whatever. But, you know, uh, it's Ruiz, right? Yeah, John
3: John Ruiz. So, for the fans that don't know, the NCAA has started an investigation, literally interviewing people um, in the Miami uh, because of uh, NIL. Okay. All right? They have picked... The wrong team.
2: Yeah, because Ruiz has been doing NIL deals not only with guys who are going to Miami, but guys who are going to FAU, FIU, everybody. I'm sh- I'm sure there's some other schools as well. Yeah, I, I mean, mean he
3: offered like NIL deals for every single school um, for their long snapper or specialist, whatever it was. But look, I'll say this, and y'all probably heard me say this before. A guy like, do you know how he made his money? By the way, the dude's an attorney. Yeah and has a b- 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 billion-dollar business as an attorney, probably has good attorney friends, I would imagine, besides being a phenomenal attorney himself, obviously, he's probably got good friends. Probably so. Would you bet that? I would bet that, yes. All right, so. I would bet he's
2: probably fairly sharp.
3: But here's the thing. It kind of irritates me a little bit is we go back. This happened to, it's happened like in a town called Oxford about circa about 10 years ago. Yes. All right, when you challenge the NCAA, when you challenge them, yes, they come back at you. They're it, going. They're. They're all right, mother. I'm going to almost say an ugly word. With my mom. You almost. I did. thought about it. I saw my mom. All right, so here Mrs. you go. siski
2: was about to really just. Yeah,
3: she don't. Yeah, she's not going to be in a good mood. All right, but they If you challenge the NCAA yeah. publicly, yeah. Guess what they're going to do? All right, we're going to come in there. Wrong. They picked the wrong one. Like this dude is buttoned up, and he's not doing anything wrong. He's literally taking the rules that you made and he's using them to his advantage.
2: He's applying them to what he's
3: doing. Period. Yeah. And now he's being, he's letting them know what he's doing. You know, he's out there in public, you know, and they're like, oh, we don't like that. That's not what the rule's intended for. Well, guess what? That's what the rule is. And the second thing, and this goes back to, I don't know how many fans saw this, but, you know, Tommy Tuberville and uh, Joe Manchin are doing the NIL legislation. Yeah. The reason that everybody wants that stuff done is because every state has its own rules. And so everybody's playing by different rules. Regardless of what you think, NCAA, the state of Florida says this. And he's going by the book of what he can and can't do. He has nothing to hide. As per the state of Florida. As per right. the state of Florida. Right. He's doing exactly what he right. can do. That's what so, I've heard as well. I've yeah. heard that he's not broken anything resembling a rules slash law. But the whole point of this investigation is, was okay if you're going if you're going kind of flaunt it, then we're going to come and that's how it feels. You know what I mean? Like, why are we going after the guy because he's doing why? Because they're doing a good job because the you know we I've heard you've probably heard this before because the new guy on the, on the street now that's not a blue blood it's a new new spice back on the block now participating we're going to yep. try to shut you down. Yep. Yeah, because they're excited of what they're doing. I mean, look, you got Mario Cristobal down there. He, he doesn't need much NIL to be a great recruiter. Right. And now you are you got this machine behind him, and they're doing a great job. Yeah,
2: no, and, they are. They are, absolutely.
3: Yeah. And he's a bu- 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 billionaire, and that's where he wants to spend his money. He wants to help his, t- his program get to the top, and he's doing it really, really quickly. And I, I like what the guy's doing. I do. And people can hate it all they want to, but you're just jealous because he's not doing it for your team. No question about it. I mean, if he was doing that for any other team, now is he? But he's smart. Now he's like, you can't prove that I'm doing it just for Miami because he's doing it for other people. Well, he's doing it with other schools because he is. He's really doing that. Uh, I know. And I remember, like, the Florida people got upset because um, he went. He offered a deal to their long snapper, whoever it was. Now he, he's smart by doing long snappers. You know, the, he can probably get them for for a little cheaper. But I don't care, man. I mean, like, what's what's wrong with a guy? Helping them out, you know what I mean? Like, I don't get it, man. I don't, I don't know why everybody's up in a tizzy about it.
2: My guess is that the NCAA thought that this was going to be easy prey, and and so when they what's got the
3: name? What do you say? I want to be hand raised guy in the back of the room. Like, yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like going to picking a fight with Conor McGregor. You're going to lose.
2: Yeah. Well, because in the past, when they've like, as you well know, with Hugh Freeze allegedly, they viewed Hugh Freeze as easy prey because in many ways he was. And so when they when they got down there after Hugh offered to you know provide salvation um, after the meeting, just pitiful! Such a bad, such a mistake. So many mistakes made in that short period of time. <laughs> Go ahead. You know, it's, it's fascinating to me that you know. 10 minute conversation you could threaten to kick somebody's ass and then also offer to steer them towards eternal salvation in one day. I mean how you think that's going to go well? I, I don't know, but um it happened. This was the part
3: my this is the part they warned me about. Well, don't go don't do a live show. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. <laughs> Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Um <laughs> uh, uh. Um where were you going with that exactly? Well, I I just think they've always been able to go find easy targets, and they probably thought Ruiz would be one, and they got down there and discovered that no, he's not. And that's why it, in, in in my opinion, that's the reason that it's gone away. As a story, you, you hear nothing of you asked me, did I know there was an investigation? It's like, not really, because they're not they're not gonna get anywhere with it. All right, so there's yeah. no soft underbelly there. And he's the
3: dude is a lawyer. Longer- a billion was worth a billion dollars. Yeah, like you think he just got lucky and got a couple cases? I mean, he knows what he's doing, and when he writes up contracts, yeah, the contracts are ironclad. I mean, super ironclad. Of I course, know, I know someone who has dealt with him business wise. Yeah, says it's the most ironclad contract that's ever existed. Yeah, it, you're good, and he he's doing it the right way, and he's following the rules that you set aside. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know I want to look. If Brendan's not in the chat, is he? <laughs> no, okay. no, he's that. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> I was just waiting. Uh, I did not send him the link this this week because I was like, okay. Um, but look, the guy, the guy is sharp. What he's doing, I like what he's doing. And Mario is a phenomenal recruiter, and you got phenomenal evaluators down there. Yeah, it's not if, it's when. Yeah. You know, they're on a very similar trajectory that Texas is on. All right. But in the ACC, like they're going to be the dominant program in that league. And if it's not, it may be this year because they have a quarterback. And that's the most important. You think piece. they'll
2: be the dominant program in that in that league ahead of Clemson? They could.
3: The, it could be. I'm not saying. I'm not. Yeah. Don't. I don't need. Last thing I need is this guy said that Miami's going to be the dominant
2: team. You know. Match-ups. Yeah. No. But I, I'm, I'm less interested in the word team than I am program. When people say program, I'm like, huh, it's pretty interesting because that's what people say about Texas. Yeah. And Texas AM and m is they say, look, if if NIL stays the way it is. If NIL stays the way it is, they it's, will be the most dominant program in the ACC. Yes. Oh, okay. it's just a matter of time. Right. okay. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. People say not that about – saying this year. That's what people say about A&M and Texas. It's like it's – and I'm not talking about SEC. I'm just people who follow the sport, who are in the sport, say if if the rules stay the way they are today, it's, it's inevitable that Texas and Texas A&M are powerhouses in the SEC because they'll just have more players.
3: Yeah, and then for people who don't understand what we're talking about, like when it comes to that – is if I was a um, an MMA coach and I went to coach MMA today, which I like my UFC, and I had Conor McGregor was my my guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, if I take Conor McGregor down to Oxford Intermediate School and tell him to, he, I don't have to coach him at all. <laughs> He'll kick everybody's ass, right? Well, I, I, I yeah, hope so. I, mean, I, I but I hope he takes it easy. Yeah, hope, but know, you know what I'm God. saying? Like yeah, that's sure. the difference when yeah, you got that when you got those kind of players. When you're that good, the coaching takes a back a bit. It doesn't, matter. It, it, it doesn't bit. matter how
2: well you coach Toledo, when Toledo goes to play Alabama, they're not winning. You can have the best plan in the world. I mean, you can have a plan that is just that that isn't amazing. Even where like Saban will look at the plan and go, That is genius, my God. Yeah, sometimes you're not you win. Yeah,
3: sometimes when you're on the other side, you know at Alabama I got to be on the other side of some of those sometimes you get worried. Like you'll go play a Tennessee Chattanooga or, or a Colorado state or somebody, and they will expose you schematically expose you. And you get really concerned
2: because you know that now somebody who has, somebody players that has players is going to try it too, is
3: going to try it too. And you got to go fix it. Like, Sometimes you, it's scary, but you thank them at the same time because they've exposed a weakness that you can go fix. Because somebody with good players, you got to go fix
2: something. It's one of the reasons I think guys like Saban like to play those games sometimes.
3: Yeah, he played. Yeah, he's he's gotten to where he's like, uh, you know, he likes to play those big games early. Um, which I, there's an interesting philosophy behind that because he always said he wanted to, He had to have something to motivate the players in off season. And if you're playing, you know, little sister Mary of the poor week one, there's no motivation. But if you're playing a USC, uh, Miami. I know they play Texas. I don't think it's Week One this year, but I know they play Texas early.
2: Um, Things like Week Two or Three.
3: Um, but there's a, there's a point to those games.
2: All right. Speaking of Texas. Speaking of Oklahoma. Let's touch. Let's touch Cal Gundy before we do Big Twelve. Okay. Look, it's possible there's more to the story. Uh, For those who have missed it, Cale Gundy, the longtime Oklahoma assistant coach, the brother of Oklahoma State coach Mike Gundy, resigned late last night from his post at OU. Um, His story, one that frankly has not been disputed yet anywhere. Yeah. His story is that they were in a meeting on report date last Thursday. He was kind of on a player about – not paying attention, not taking notes, they were going over some stuff. The player couldn't answer something where, hey, if you were just taking notes and following along, you'd be able to answer this. It's pretty basic elementary installation stuff on the first day, and he took up the player's iPad, I believe is the device that they were using, and he read out loud or put on the put on the projector in the room or whatever, whatever the what the player had written, which apparently were lyrics to a song. The lyrics included um, two words that we can't use, that we don't want to use, that we teach our children never to use. And um, he said those words out loud. and Or that word, I should say, out loud. And two days later, after an investigation, he resigned. I would assume resigned after being asked to resign, is my guess.
3: Yeah, I don't know, and I want to say this too, I probably could have made some phone calls, but I thought it was a little too soon. <laughs> I, I, I'm not.
2: I'm looking to see. Venables must have released something. You go, Keep going.
3: Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, you know, the guy's been coaching there, what, since 99? So, what's that, 23 years, maybe? I think 23 is the right
2: number. He was with Stoops
3: forever. Yeah, 98, 99. The guy's been there forever. Uh, that's Mike Gundy's younger brother, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Correct. Yeah, so. I, I my wife always used to tell me I'm going to get fired for some of the shit I did in position meetings. You're in a different environment. I want to make sure people understand that. It's like you become almost, you're almost like their dad when you're in there. And sometimes those lines can get blurred from time to time. Look, I did some things that I'm not proud of um, that I probably would have got my ass fired for these days. Um, the one that everybody wants me to tell all the time is the one that's funny to everybody else is I had this thing where I wanted my receivers to police themselves. Okay. I I wanted, I didn't want to have to get on a kid. I wanted the older guys to, to deal with the younger guys. So I had this one knucklehead one time that couldn't get right. I mean, he was, he had failed a drug test, brought him back, failed another drug test, brought him back, um, late for class, stuff like that. So, I had a three-strike policy, so I do. I do three strikes. I'll deal you. I'll deal with you the first time. All right, we'll have a discussion, and I suggest you get it fixed. I mean, it's a good one. It's not like, hey, buddy, can you do this for me? It ain't one of those discussions. It's a very frank conversation where we have to have a serious, eye-to-eye, door-shut conversation where we we know we with the, uh, where each other stands. Got it. All right, strike two. I'm going to run the shit out of you. I'm going. I mean, run the shit out of you, and that's not just running. It's up downs. I got gruesome gashers. I got a whole tool of kit and caboodles, uh, toolbox that we can do. Okay, strike three is when I get the other players involved. So this guy, which I don't, I didn't, I haven't had really strike three. Uh, it was the last time I had a strike three. I'll tell you that because everybody else knew the story. So at 5 a.m., usually strike one takes care of it, right? Ninety-nine percent of the time. Yeah, and um, it's
2: just an awakening that hey, you're in a different level here. Let's go. Yeah.
3: And so uh, we had a Waffle House that was located really close to the facility. So it wasn't here in Oxford. <laughs> um, so it was really close to the facility. And so I sent my GA over there and with my debit card, and he bought every one of every single thing on the menu. Okay. Of everything. All right. Um, with Complete with coffee, orange juice, and milk, a glass of all three. Okay. I set a table out on the 50-yard line. This is at 5 a.m. in the morning. I set a, like a, you know, it was a fold-out table with a chair. And he brought everything and, and put it out, and nice, had a tablecloth, had it dressed up real nice. And so the, the man who had strike three sat there, and the other receivers, all 14, we had 15 total that year, the other 14 receivers did lunges and up-downs in a circle around his table until he finished every bite that was on that on that table and every drink. I mean, he was throwing up everywhere. But, like, if I did that now, I'd probably get fired for being cruel or something. Probably. That's pretty funny, though. But guess what? Did it work? He never screwed up ever again. And th- here's what people don't understand. It's like, oh, that's cruel. But you know what? He never missed another class. He never missed another class. He became a good player, and he graduated. And you know what he told me the last day I left? Coach, I love you. Like, you have to have a different relationship with those kids. Yeah. I wasn't doing that out of being mean to the kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, you – but it worked because when he got in the locker room, the older guys were like, look, we don't do that shit around here.
2: Here's the statement from Brent Venables, the Oklahoma – Head coach, as painful as it has been dealing with Coach Gundy resigning from the program, it doesn't change, doesn't touch the experience of pain felt by a room full of young men I'm charged to protect, lead, and love. There are a few things I would like to address. Coach Gundy resigned from the program because he knows what he did was wrong. He chose to read aloud to his players, not once, but multiple times. A racially charged word that is objectionable to everyone does not reflect the attitude and values of our university or our football program. This is not acceptable, period. Coach Gundy did the right thing in resigning. He knows our goals for excellence and that coaches have special responsibilities to set an example. He also knows that while we, while he will always be a part of the OU family, that his words affected many of us and did not represent the principles of our university again his resignation was the right thing to do, and we will move forward positively. That's, again, from Oklahoma head coach Brent Venables.
3: Yeah, I mean, it kind of is what it is. I, I hate, like, responding to stuff like that because I don't know. I feel like there's more of the story. I don't know it. And so I don't want to be like – because you can take this many different avenues, right? Um, I don't know. Someone just, else
2: says that the slur was said twice. It was two sentences in total. Yeah, The I, fact that the fact that they had to put out a separate statement today tells me that the backlash initially was not particularly positive.
3: Well, when you got – he had a lot of people supporting him, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. I don't know. I just – I've always found it in situations – not like situations like this, but in when you got a fire coach or you got a guy resigns over something like that, whether it's a DUI or whatever, you know, you have things happen in your program. You know, nobody's perfect. Everybody has a human side to them, but – I don't know, man. I just at—I don't see myself at twenty years of experience making that mistake. You know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. I don't know. It, it, something I don't know the whole story. I, I have not on purposely. I did not call up it, but it just—I've done a lot. Like I've done a lot of shit and talked with my guys, and, and you know, we we have a good time. But I don't—I don't see any situation where I get caught up. It just feels like there's more to it. I don't know.
2: I can't help but wonder, and I said this on the Oxford Exxon podcast, I can't help but wonder if this was a coach that in Brent Venable's ideal world wouldn't be on his staff and he didn't have the capital to move on from him. Gundy had been there a long time and was one of the better recruiters there. And also, there's a part of me, and you mentioned this, I don't want to steal your thunder if maybe Gundy looked at this and said, you know what, I've been doing this a long time. This thing's getting out of control I've made a bunch of money. I'll just move on.
3: Yeah, I would hate to know, I guess the part, he is a, I I want the people to know this. He is a phenomenal, he's very well respected in the coaching community. Yeah. He's very good at what he does. He's known to be a player's coach. And it's just, the thing that feels off to me.
2: Known as an elite recruiter. Elite of the elite.
3: Yeah. And the thing that feels off to me about the whole thing is that it was, at the end, of what got him was a relationship issue with another player. Like, I didn't see that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I don't know the whole story, and I hate talking about things. I don't know the whole story, too. But, look, I it kind of is what it is. But it just feels like, to me, I'm missing something. I don't know everything. Now, maybe maybe that's what it is, right? Maybe that's just – it's very – maybe it's that simple as you like to say. Maybe it is just that simple. But just for me, there just feels like there's more to it, and, and we may never know.
2: All right, Big 12 – I did my Big 12 predictions and my 10 Weekend Thoughts, which you can find at rebelgrove.com. Did you? I did. Straight off your athlon? No. (laughs) Does anybody else give you shit about that but me? Um, A few people. Okay. I I bought one athlon. That's all. I just, I feel like you. It was the only, is that a one of one edition? It's it's just an (laughs) NFL. I wanted to read about the NFL at the beach. That's it. (laughs) We were laying there all day and I, I wanted to read something, so I. I, Among I other things that I took down there, I took an NFL magazine. And hey, I, had a I co- enjoyed it.
3: I had, a, I, I worked when I was calling plays. I had a, a very older gentleman that was working with me that, you know, the game had changed and passed him by, right? So we're doing, and, and I was trying to be nice, but he every week he'd bring me suggestions for, for play calls, and they could have been, they couldn't have been any dumber um, on the play calls. And so, uh, he brings me one. I was like, where the hell did you get this? And he pulls out some book. <laughs> I was like, if the shit was that good, you think they'd put it in a book where everybody else would know what the hell they're doing?
2: Yeah, come on. Yeah. yeah. All right, so go ahead. I'm sorry. All right, so um, I took a glance at your notes over here. I yeah. think you and I picked the same team to win the Big 12.
3: <sighs> I'm having a tough time with this one. I, there's There are four teams, in my opinion. I think the Big 12 is going to be sneaky, one of the best leagues in the in the country. Well, if it is, then it's bad
2: for the league because for the only way one of those teams is getting into the t- final four is could they run the table
3: exactly, and that, that's where you could look up and the. This is what I hate about the playoff committee: is they're so media driven, right? Mm-hmm. The SECs, they're cool, man. You're a one-loss SEC team. You're getting you're getting that four spot. You are sure if you're a one-loss SEC team. I know Texas A&M says hello, but. 90 percent of the time if you're a one loss sec team
2: yeah that was a weird year though that doesn't count doesn't count yeah
3: but you're a one loss sec team you're getting in the big 12 fights this media thing oh it's the big 12 and this and you know (laughs) you're the big 12 and you only got 10 teams you know they fight this whole media deal right but there are four teams that are every bit as good as the sec teams i mean like Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Baylor, Baylor, and
2: possibly Texas. Texas. Okay.
3: I'm putting Texas in there. Like any of those. Texas is,
2: I'm I'm a little Missouri when it comes to Texas. You're going to have to show me. I'm going to have to see. Hey, I'm fair. Now I will tell you this. Enough people are saying that, that I'm like, okay, well, it's probably going to happen, but I still, I need to see it first. Quinn Ewers is the real deal. Like when Alabama goes to Austin, if that's 49 to seven at the end.
3: Well that's that's probably not fair. I think they're gonna be forty nine to seven on a lot of people. Look, there's look. I want y'all everybody look at She hurt, she's catching up. Oh. Getting cussed out.
2: Mom, I tried. she's oh, catching up. Well, she might have seen the box. Yeah, that's
3: what it was. There's Brendan's girlfriends joining the chat again. <laughs> um but the uh but at the end of the day, Texas, I, I think Texas is gonna be the real deal. I really do. I don't and but Baylor's good. Oklahoma State's good. Um, Oklahoma's good um, I just I, I really the top half of that is is to me I, you could flip a coin
2: yeah and, and the middle of the Big 12's not terrible um, it, Iowa State's a really solid program quickie clunk. Um Kansas State has some good players and w- won't be a pushover let um, ex- me tell you who I'm excited about seeing what okay. who I want to see is West Virginia I was getting ready to talk about West Virginia
3: they got JT Daniels as
2: their is their quarterback. Neil does a really good job. His uh, his program is always good. Have you ever covered him? I have not covered him. I have um, I've only met him once, but I know some people who know him well.
3: Wasn't he was he a Troy when you were at Auburn covering Auburn? No, okay.
2: But I know some people who know him well <coughs> who just speak so highly of him.
3: Look, Neil Brown is who we're talking about. Neil Brown's the head coach of West Virginia they have the right people in place and people can say, you know, they're so, I hate the narrative with the coaches. It's like, Oh, you're only as good as your last season or whatever. But Neil Brown is a freaking ball coach. Now he's really good at what he does and he's won everywhere he's been. Yeah. And it's, but it's a process, right? He's got right. to take over all that stuff, but here's, he's got JT Daniels as his quarterback. Okay. Then I the start to roll. Oh, you see what JT Daniels did at Georgia. Oh, you're the, but he's going in a completely different offense where he can stand back there and do what he does best, which is spin it. And they're feeling – I mean, there's a lot of people out there in the coaching world that are like, look, are they ready to be in this top four? No, but they're going to have something to say about who about, finishes
2: 1, 2, who, three, four. Yeah, who wins. Um, the the bottom of that league's bad. Kansas is bad. Texas Tech is 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 not good this year. TCU's taking big, big leaps backwards.
3: I will say this. I, I – even though I wrote them down there, I think Kansas, and it's all relative, right? It's like Vanderbilt, it's all relative. I think Kansas, I think they have the right guy in place with Leopold. I think they are doing things the correct way, and they are evaluating their ass off, and I want to give them props for that. The problem is, is where I have a tough time, I want fans to understand this, is what I see doesn't come into fruition until two and three years down the road. right? Right. It's not like
2: well, when I say Kansas is bad, I mean this. This team is not going right. to be good. I, I'm not talking about the program. I mean, look, at you. I'm a big believer in this. I think more than a lot of people. Just because your program has historically been good doesn't mean in today's environment that it's always going to be good. Any more than if your program has historically been bad, it doesn't mean that it can't be good. Like Rutgers is an example. Rutgers is typically not very good. I, I think they're on the rise.
3: Yeah. Shiano's doing a great job. Like, and when I say, and again, I saw a relative. I'm not sitting here and saying Kansas is going to go win the Big 12. But, you know, I wish the fans could understand that. You don't see the fruition until later on, right? Right. Like, I think you 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 wrote something about it because I read your 10 thoughts the other day, like Cedric Johnson. Yeah. Okay? Cedric Johnson was not recruited to be a great player in 2020. Cedric Johnson was recruited to be a great player in 2022. Like, you – you you have to build those. Does that make sense? It does. No, he's
2: he's a great example of um, having a contact, evaluating, putting character on the on the on the sheet of paper when you evaluate, looking at him and going, you know what? We think he's going to get bigger. We think we can put quality weight on him. I saw you say he's weighing 275. two seventy five. He says he's two seventy right Holy now. Oh shit! Yeah,
3: I didn't see that. Just to be honest.
2: He came at about two thirty.
3: Yeah, he was uh I remember when you he was brought him twenty five
2: on his visit. Yeah. He was he was he was lean but
3: great family by the way. Yeah. I mean just
2: You knew his brother.
3: Yeah, signed his brother at South Alabama.
2: And so, you know, I mean there was there was an evaluation that that happened there. Yeah, I got lucky. I cheated on that one.
3: I got I mean <laughs> let me refresh that. I knew the his brother had a same growth spurt kind of deal. Yeah. I was I'd already seen it the DNA work. So sure, I had a little. Background.
4: Well,
2: that's part
3: of that's yeah. part of recruiting. I had a little inside track on that. Yeah, one. no,
2: that was that was a really strong.
3: Kane piece Kane of Kane Womit got really pissed at me because he thought he had one because Kane had been through it with me and he was in Indiana. He he called and cussed me out. He thought we were not go on him, and then he was like, "You, you know, but yeah, I love my man Kane." Which won't be at South Alabama very long, ago, I don't think.
2: Yeah, we might even talk. We might do some Sunbelt next week. I like
3: the su- Sun Belt's fun.
2: Sunbelt's sneaky fun to follow. Like, everybody talks about the Mac. To me, the Sun Belt's more fun than the Mac. If you're
3: a pure football junkie, if you're a really a true football junkie, and you want to see schematics, dude, that's what to watch. Because yeah. the best coaches, and the thing about it is they're getting better. Like, the, the they're getting the, with the portal and all that stuff, and the way things are going there, and they're able to recruit better players, like,
2: Some about sneaky good. And they have some pretty passionate fan bases, too. So, they're smaller fan bases. So, you don't think about it. But, man, some of those games, like, some of those games can get intense.
3: The Sip Red card says, Tyler, you want to make a bet on Texas three years from now? You don't want to make that bet. They they have too big of a payroll.
2: Yeah, I'd I'd side with you before I did Sip Red there based on what I hear. And they
3: have legit, legit, super legit coaches. That's what, to me, what separates – them, as I think of all the Yankees, they
2: have the best coaching staff. It's going to be interesting. Got my man Bo Davis there. So, what's our schedule? Are we doing another one of these this week or are we staying weekly? I mean, I'm in town, man. You tell me. We can do one later in the week if you all want right. to. All right. All right. We'll come back. I don't know if it'll be Thursday. It might be Friday. I don't know. I don't want to commit to that just yet. But we'll we'll, we'll do a second one uh, this week. And uh, we'll talk. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll talk Pac 12. They have a league. Supposedly, still allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> Look at you. We'll talk Pac twelve, and we'll talk Sunbelt. All right, we'll talk. Go we'll talk those leagues. We even start mentioning some. Uh, might start mentioning some uh, NFL a little bit, and I'll, I'll give you. We'll we'll talk because people like to talk about preseason camp. Yeah, getting into the first big scrimmage weekend of preseason camp. We'll get into the – well, I'll ask you, is the first scrimmage the one – think about this. You can think oh, about I it don't. for the next show. Is the first scrimmage the one that you put the most weight on, or is it the one that you use as a teaching tool to get the – the because the meat of camp, the dog days of camp are coming, right?
3: Yeah, that's first scrimmage that's coming Saturday, right? Yeah. For most for, most,
2: for most programs. So you, 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 when you when camp first starts, everybody's like – Full of piss and vinegar. Right, let's go, let's go. Everybody's like, yeah, let's do it. And then you get, after that first scrimmage, guys are beat up, and you look up and the season's still three weeks away. I mean, you're mm-hmm. still a week and a half to two weeks away from, hey, we're getting into game week. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But then, So we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk like, about how it. do you weigh the first scrimmage? Yep. Uh, again, this has been brought to you, powered by our friends at Rain, Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine. BCAA's Electrolytes Zero Sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits, achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Reach out to them on social media. Tell them that you appreciate them making this show possible. So we'll be back uh, later in the week, end of the week, for uh, Tyler. I'm Neil. Take care.